And hopefully launching in five, four, three. It's time to nerdgasm over the next episode of the Alien Offensive. All right, well, welcome everyone to a new episode of the Alien Offensive. I believe this is episode number nine. I'm your host, Mark Ademus. I'm sure you recognize my voice from the Sports Offensive, our flagship program, and possibly from our fantasy baseball specials. You can find all of those on Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, uh, on iTunes as a podcast. You can also go to our website at thesportsoffensive.com. You can listen to the current and prior episodes of all of our shows, also including JoJo War Drummer Ways. Again, that's at thesportsoffensive.com. We do want to welcome you to a special episode of the Alien Offensive, as this is going to be a Star Wars trailer uh, dedicated show. That's all we're going to talk about. So if you haven't seen the trailer or the teaser trailer, don't want to know anything about it, don't want to hear discussion about it, this probably isn't the episode for you. Might want to listen to a different one because that's going to be the focus here. I do have with me Nate Dog, South Dakota, also from our Sports Offensive and Fantasy Podcast. Nate, nice to have you. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I'm super excited to be back for another showing of the Alien Offensive. Uh, we're really trying to garner some interest here, guys. So uh, please go on the website. Uh, let us know what you want to talk about, what you want to hear about. Uh, you know, we want to try to decide where we're putting our uh, resources here. You know, do we want to do fantasy show? Do we want to do an alien offensive show? What is uh, what do our listeners want to hear? So please go to the website, uh, go to our page, you know, go to Blog Talk Radio. Let's hear some feedback. And you know, you can really get ahead, uh, get in touch with us easily through our Twitter page or through our Facebook page yes. and leave requests. Uh, you can find all of those uh, at the handle at sign the SPT offensive again at the SPT offensive is where you can find both our Twitter page and our uh, Facebook page and then our website www.thesportsoffensive.com so on to the matter at hand um, if you haven't seen it then I'm not sure that this is even the kind of a podcast that you <laughs> would be interested in but the new Star Wars teaser trailer came out at celebration during or actually Right at the end of the, um, I don't know if it's the producer panel or the one that had the actors and the director and Kathleen Kennedy on it. So yeah. whatever that panel is called. Uh, so we're actually going to play it real quick. Uh, yes, we know this is audio, but it, it still sounds really cool. And uh, that way, you know, when we, we're going to describe the trailer in a timeline. So that will help you at it, least know what you heard. And it does. It gives you. 
I think it'll be interesting for you and me because it'll be the first time I've heard it without the without the visual. Uh, I have a feeling it'll have a feel to it. Yeah. And we'll probably have a different perspective because we've already seen the trailer and probably have some predetermined opinions in our head. And, but, boy, I would really love to hear uh, what people think about this being their first experience mm-hmm. with the trailer. It would be really cool to be like, wow, did that have a Star Wars feel to it without knowing what the visual looks like? Sure. You know? Sure. And uh, I will say one thing I would listen to for or two is that to me it sounds a little bit like one of the wasn't the first but one of the bigger trailers for the sports offensive in terms of the uh, vocals and the vocal that you hear in this as well as like in that trailer does not really sound like the kind that John Williams uses so I'm thinking that it's possible they put this one together um, electronically. Like they did for a lot of the trailers for the sports of, or for you sports saying, offensive. You said that earlier too. Oh, did I? Yeah. The Force Awakens. Um, so the the trailer for the Force Awakens had this this kind of music, yeah. and I think it might even be the same song until the end. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if you if you hear that or if you remember that from that. Uh, I'm a big music person sure. when it comes to previews, so uh, I that that's, those are ones the songs from Rogue One and the Force Awakens are kind of stuck in my noggin. So without further ado, we're going to play the trailer real quick for you. This is skipping the very beginning because there was a lot of no sound time, and I didn't want to bore everyone. So you'll miss a couple of words of dialogue um, in this in this preview. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. So, 
There we have it there. That was the audio from the new trailer, teaser trailer for Star Wars. So, Nate, I think first thing to say is just what is your, like, one-sentence gut reaction to what you saw and or heard? I got a one-word reaction. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Uh, I would say that my one-word reaction is wondrous. And, um, you know, I have not been very kind to Disney on a lot of their work. I thought Rogue One was well done. I thought The Force Awakens nailed the feel and pace of a Star Wars film, and and maybe even the fun, but I thought it was lacking the mythos and the depth and the mythology, the the great, you know, the grandeur of a Star Wars the film. The storytelling. Yeah, I thought the storytelling was fine. There just wasn't yeah. much of a story to tell, yeah. I guess, is more kind of how I felt. Um, and uh, And I haven't thought many of the trailers for a lot of these films have been very good. Uh, I liked the Chinese trailer for The Force Awakens and the international third trailer for Rogue One. But those are, you know, few and far between. But this one, I sat and watched it. Like, I saw it during the panel, but it was grainy. I couldn't see anything very well. And then I watched it again on my phone at lunch, and I still couldn't really see it that well. But then I came home and listened to it with headphones and on HD and on my big computer screen and HD, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think I watched it probably 25 to 30 times in a row. I just kept rewinding it. And I haven't done that in a long time with Star Wars stuff that's actually made by the filmmakers. So that kind of made me hopeful. I'll tell you what, Mark. It it gave me butterflies, actually, during it. Like, just... The couple scenes, you know, there's one where Ray is hugging Leia and she, you know, a tear is coming down. And, um, I, man, it just, it really just had the feel of Star Wars for me. And, and like you mentioned, you know, The Force Awakens had it too, but it lacked in some other things. So I'm hoping that J.J. was able to take away from that and be like, okay, you know, let's keep what worked here. Keep that feel you know, that we had before, but let's get the, you know, the depth of the story out there for our real hardcore fans, and let's finish with a bang. You know, let's tie up some of the ends for everybody. Let's do something unique, something different. If we got to break a few rules, we might have to do that, but let's have some fun here and, and get back to our roots, you know? be like, you need to pull off an Avengers um, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. You need to have... This is the culmination of I everything. I hope they learn from that. I really do. I do, yeah. too. I also hope that they learn that being elastic or adventurous in the ways that they let R- uh, Ryan Johnson be were not a good idea. And I'm not stating that everyone disliked The Last Jedi. I mean, I know we didn't like it. I know plenty of people who did enjoy it. And I know some people who enjoyed it immensely. So I'm not here to ever tell anyone what their opinion should be. But the other movies, I don't remember anyone ever saying, wow, it seems like you tried to make us not like that. You know, like there wasn't a subsect of fans, you know, and I and I totally agree with both Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams and all the rest of the people that if you get mad at Kelly Tran because she's an Asian woman, you don't want her in the story because she thinks she's stupid, um, you know, you should be blaming the director for that. You know, you don't, or the writer for that. You don't blame the actor for that. <laughs> Same thing for any of the actors, any of the parts. Jar Jar Binks in episode one. You don't blame the actor for that. You don't make death threats to that person. If you're that angry, which is kind of sad, but if you're that angry that you would want to hurt someone, at least direct your anger at the director or the writer. And go seek help. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, and, and don't drink alcohol or take drugs because you're not going to be able to handle your high. Um, 
And I have no sympathy for the people who are whining and crying about uh, Captain Mar or uh, is it Captain Marvel that movie? Um, wasn't a great movie. wasn't a bad movie. It was just kind of an average superhero flick. But I mean, the guy, the gal makes one comment, and people are just flipping out and losing their minds and screaming and crying. Don't get mad because there's women in these things. Don't get mad because there's minorities in these things. Don't get mad if there's an alien that you don't like. Don't get mad if there's a mm -hmm. uh, a character you don't like. Don't get mad. You can be disappointed if you really want to be, but don't get so angry that you're hating people for the that character they play on a show. Yeah, you this know? is somebody's creation, don't forget. Yeah, you no know? one's forcing like, you to go see these things. Yeah, this is a creative, you know, manifestation that somebody had in their head. Yeah. And, you know, it's the best to, to their best ability. You didn't go out and write this thing. Just, you right. know. Now, of course, you want to take that person's idea and twist it into what would be best for you. That, to me, just kind of, you know, it's like. But it does bring up. makes me it, angry. It does bring up one, I think, point or one thing that Lucas did so well that so few people understand. And what I think has kind of been lacking from these new episodes a little bit. Mm -hmm. And was a little bit there in Rogue One, but it really kind of misses the mark in these movies. And that is that I think that they do take some political stances that are not humanity stances. They are at-the-moment political stances. Like, naming the thing the resistance, I think that's kind of an allusion to them not liking Trump. Um, which, I, I mean, I concur, but that's not that doesn't matter for a movie. This isn't a movie about the United States during 2018. This is a movie about a galaxy a long time ago and far, far away. You know, yeah. it's it shouldn't be. But the underlying themes of humanity that Lucas used everyone could get on board with. And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Okay. The Empire in the first three movies, right? Everyone loves those first three movies. You can go get two people in a heated political argument, liberal and conservative, and if they're both Star Wars fans, just say to them, so why do you think it was that Darth Vader pushed down Boba Fett's gun when he was going to shoot at Chewbacca with 3PO on his back? Did that have something to do with him making 3PO and he knew it already? You know, right there. The fight would stop, and they'd start going back and forth for 25 minutes about why did he t push that gun down, right? That is why had Why did that happen, you know? And, and my point is that Star Wars transcended politics because Lucas used universal themes. He used mm -hmm. human themes. And what he did is, use, if you were a liberal and you watched Star Wars, the original films, you can say that the Empire is the big, bad, mean people, you know, these days it would be conservatives or, or you know Republicans, but whatever. I mean, you can say you could go much more uh, broad in that theme, and the Hitlers, the Stalins, the you know Chao, uh, Chao, uh, Ho Chi Minh, or the uh, I'm trying to think of the guy from China, the uh, Mao Zedong, Mao Zedong. No, the one from China, the guy, the the communist guy. Anyway, Pol it's Pot. Mao, isn't it? Mao, yeah, yeah. Pol Pot, all those guys, Idi Amin. They're the oppressors. They're trying to hold the people down. They're trying to squash people's dreams. And the rebels are us fighting back against these mean people yeah. to make the galaxy free and fair for everyone and, and, and create a utopia. I think a conservative can watch those movies and say, no, the empire is representative of our the U.S. government or any government trying to hold back the people and we are the rebels saying, no, we're going to fight for our freedoms, and you're not going to tell us what to do. Right. So it's a subtle, different point of view, right? Mm -hmm. It depends on your point of view. But no matter which point of view you have, 
you can identify with the little guy mm-hmm. fighting against the oppressor, right? It's just who you view the oppressor as and who you view yourself as mm-hmm. or your group as. But that's why I think that's where I think Lucas was really, really sharp. And and also I don't think political things were that severe back then, um, in terms of division. But I think that that is something that they needed to get away from mm-hmm. in these new Star Wars episodes, even though I can say I maybe I personally agree with a lot of their current political leanings that, again, this isn't the United States in 2018. This is Star Wars a long time ago and a long ways ago, and really far away. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather they just be human themes because, like, another thing Lucas talked about often was about how bad guys don't necessarily know they're bad. That was his whole thing with Vader and stuff. It's like, well, he doesn't really know he's bad. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's making it easier for the galaxy. He thinks he's like, no, we're going to impose order and we're going to stop war and we're going to stop starving. I mean, a lot of communist type governments, at least at some point when they became an uprising or a revolution, thought the same way. They always say we're bringing peace to the galaxy. Right. Yeah. The emperor talks about that ending the war. Now, the emperor kind of morphed more into a overarching theme of evil because then Lucas began to talk about Vader made a Faustian bargain. And if you don't know what a Faustian bargain is, you need to go do more reading because that's an important piece of literature. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I would say if you've ever watched The Legacy Revealed about Star Wars, which is an excellent expose on the the underlying mythological themes of the films and how well Lucas you know, uses them, um, you should have read all the stories that they talk about there too because I think maybe that's maybe why some people like the new films and don't understand why some of us don't like the new films mm-hmm. that we are so invested that that's, that he is very honorable to age old mythology, the Iliad, the Odyssey, the, the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um, there's a, the Bible even, I mean, there's a lot of these themes are, are recurrent mm-hmm. in all of these, in all of these um, epics and whatnot. And Lucas, goes along right with them and it keeps that chain going and these new films kind of seem like they don't even really there isn't an underarching story you know there's not a underarching theme of humanity that we're trying to follow as in return of the jedi what was what were you waiting for well the the showdown between luke and vader and i guess luke and And, the emperor yeah and and the empire and the rebels right just the culmination the end what were you waiting for in episode three the end of that trilogy uh, the show that well would have Anakin's transformation, right? Because you knew what was coming. So Anakin becoming Vader, yeah, and the Republic falling and the Empire rising in his place. Yes, right, right. I mean, there right. was no there was no huge mystery. Right, it was a story. It's oh, yeah. this is a this is and a theme, and you already knew the ending of the second trilogy. So, well, it's true. I mean, yeah. the second one made one. You didn't end up knowing how it was yeah. going to end. But what I'm saying is, you, you understood what the progression was. It's like, oh, we're going to go here. We're going to start right. here. Right, we're going to get here. Right. You had a vague idea, you know, like Return of the Jedi, maybe you're like, you weren't sure what was going to happen with Han Solo. You weren't sure what was going to happen here or there. But she knew that the gang was going to get together mm-hmm. and try and Luke was going to try and take down Vader and or the Emperor. Um, I'm not sure at our age if we understood the Emperor yet until we saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and then you were going to see the Empire and, and the Rebels have their final battle for supremacy or for to, to rule, right? Mm-hmm. And you knew that was coming. Even though we didn't know the ending, we knew it was coming. Yeah. I mean, something was going to happen in yep. that regard. And I feel with the sequel trilogy, I, I don't feel that. I don't know what's coming. I don't. Snoke How could was, you? Snoke was defeated. 
Yeah. Kylo took over the first order, but he doesn't seem like he's a really like a he doesn't seem like a mean or maniacal guy. In fact, it seems like he wanted to be friends with Ray. And Luke is, you know, be, Luke became a cantankerous old guy and abandoned all of his values of at least of his values well, that he was formed with. Well, then that leads to what, you know, what some of the plot points might be in this new movie, you know, with him kind of with Kylo being torn between the dark and the light. Does that gray Jedi thing kind of, you know, is that manifest in this movie? Um, you know, some of the other th- questions that, that people might be asking. And I tell you, as much as this trailer has raised my optimism about the upcoming film, mm-hmm. if they go the gray Jedi route at all, it will destroy any any lasting I, I really hope that's value. Not, I agree. I hope that's not the route they take. I mean, undeniably, Lucas always said, this is a movie about good versus evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. It's good versus evil. That was the whole big deal about when it came out, and everybody was all kind of, you know, the, Nixon was getting impeached, and the Vietnam War was killing everybody, and everybody felt in chaos, and there was, and there was the big... Um, the embargo on oil and everything was everything was bad, you know. Mm-hmm. They talk about how Star Wars came out and it was like, oh, there is a right, mm-hmm. you know, there is a right and a wrong. We can be the good guys and we can come out on top, you know. It, it's an important theme for people. It's why it's why epics are written. It's why celebrations are always held on the same times, mm-hmm. you know. Got to make things happen. So I, I hope that they don't go that route. But you know. As far as the trailer is going, like I said, uh, it has raised my optimism about the new the new movie more than it was a little while ago. And for all those people who want to boycott the film because they were upset about The Last Jedi, I kind of understand why. But the whole goal is we want a good movie. And if the solo drastic underperformance was enough of a hint to Disney to do things differently then you should go see it to support it if it looks good. If you don't want to go opening day, that's fine. Wait till three days in. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what are the people saying? Not reviewers, not critics. What are my friends saying who went and saw it? Oh, I really had a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll go give it a shot. Well, it was okay. You know, it was good. It was better than the last one. Oh, maybe I'll wait for video. But, you know, don't you don't need to, you know, go crazy. Right. So the timeline, basically, we're going to go through for the trailer and just whatever your feelings are. Mm -hmm. Um, So first it starts out with just Ray breathing hard in the desert. Mm -hmm. And then Luke speaks a few words to her. Um, I believe he says, um, we've passed down the knowledge of a thousand generations and this is your fight. Something like that. So let me ask you something before or preface this question or this scene with this question. Do you think those go hand in hand in the movie like that? that audio is playing at the same time as that video? No. Or do you think that's editing from another? Oh, I think that's absolutely editing. Okay. Because I'm just trying to decide if that's what she's hearing in her head while that TIE fighter is coming at her. No, I I think that they're taking a line from another part. Another part. And overplaying it. And superimposing it. Which they usually do. Okay, yeah. uh, At least on these. And also because um, I also know with the Star Wars, it's like, a certain word or a certain um, scene or whatever it may not be in the actual movie. Right. You know, like that whole scene we saw with the TIE fighter and Ray may not even actually be in the movie, right? It could be a goof. Yeah, I suppose. Um, or, or an unused scene. Like in Twister, they always talk about that really cool scene in the trailer where in that movie Twister, the the, the farm, uh, the truck, t- or uh, the trailer, or tractor tyler comes shooting at him and, 
and like yeah. crushes the camera, you know, and that wasn't in the film. And people are like, I was waiting for that crazy moment. And they're like, oh, that was just part of the tr- of the trailer to show you the yeah. tornado, you know, or the twister. Yeah. So they it's like, no. to cut it out. That's funny. Well, I, mean, I guess they said that it was never even intended to be in the movie. It was a it was a promotional thing. Yeah. And so, huh. you know, we always got to remember that they that could, could be, be the case. People lie, too. <laughs> that, too. Right. Like, uh, like, is that Khan? In, is, is Benedict Cumberbatch Khan? No, no. Yeah, no. Um, is that purgatory? No. Right. Uh-uh. right. No, no. Um, one other thing I think that we should mention, and I, I told you about, I was reading about this Sorry. the other day. Not to dig at JJ, but. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. No. J- JJ deserves the criticism for loss as much as the praise. You know, and there was other guys involved. I mean, Arndt and, and, and was it Andelhoff or Hasselhoff? Or Lindelof. Lindelof, yeah. I mean, they, they all created that show. They all deserve credit. And Lost was an amazing show. I personally Overall, yes. found the last season to be in a massive disappointment. Yeah. Like, it felt like they didn't think the show was ever going to get picked up and didn't think it would ever go that far. Yep. It's kind of like the disappointment I feel for a film that was good and the network didn't let it finish, which is that Jericho. Yes. That was that had that was a very enjoyable show. Yes. And I think it just wasn't marketed right because I never saw it when it was on TV. I only saw I it. I want to watch that again. It's yeah, two I've watched seasons, it twice. Right? Um, it's like a season and a half. Yeah. I think is what it is. Like they uh they went a season, got canceled. There was an uproar from the fans, and they sent out like a whole bunch of bags of peanuts. I think it was yeah. to the CBS office, and then they okayed like a six season. It's Morgan six episode from Walking season. Dead, right? That's in it. He's the yeah. He's kind he's of the like government the main dude. protagonist. Yeah, yeah. And then Skeet Ulrich is the oh, that's kind right. of the good guy or yeah. whatever the yeah. the main the I don't know what you call that guy. I guess he might be the protagonist. He and, is, and he's in the, the antagonist. Morgan's the antagonist. Yes. So anyway, um, back to the trailer. Um, so Ray is breathing hard. The picture comes into view. She's standing there, kind of wearing her standard outfit. Looked like her elbow looked a little bruised up. Um, and she's kind of sitting there with kind of a defiant look on her face. And then she draws her saber. And then you see, uh, technically, it's Kylo Ren's TIE fighter type ship, which is yeah. called the Silencer. It's got really long interceptor-like wings on it. Mm-hmm. And it screams along the desert floor towards her. Luke says, you know, we're all with you or whatever. And... You now carry the thousand generations within you. That's what makes me think about the clone theory, right? And then um, that uh, this is, but this is your fight. And then the Tie Fighter comes at her, and she does a back. She starts running the opposite direction. Then she does a backflip with her saber drawn, and then it cuts to a new scene. Yeah. So I personally don't like that opening. One because. I feel like every Star Wars trailer for the new sequel trilogy is opened with breathing. You know, it was Pen, it was Finn breathing in the desert, and then it was Ray breathing in front of the rocks, and now it's Ray breathing in the sand. Well, what's what's that theme? Hmm. I don't get it. Is this the Sopranos? Are we following the anxiety theme of the Sopranos here? I, you know, I, I don't quite get it. Um, but maybe because it's drama, you know. Yeah, I guess right or. Yeah. Or yeah, they just feel like it's a it's a good suck you in moment or something. Mm-hmm. Um, now the reason that I really don't like it though was uh, because two things: one, what is actually happening? Well, I can't fathom a plot point that made a lot of sense for that. And number two, I worry that like I think it's I think it's it's not right after that. It's actually a couple scenes later. But there's a scene that says every generation has a legend or something like that. 
And I hope they're not referring to her because I am a little concerned and I'm not a Mary Sue type, but I don't like the fact that she does seem so advanced with so with almost no training. And now she can be more advanced because she found those books. Hopefully you could kind of explain it like that. But I just I don't like seeing her as like the greatest ever when Anakin was created by the Force, we think, via Plagueis, uh, using midichlorians. But he was like the most powerful Jedi ever. Right? More more midichlorians in his cells than, than Yoda had. And then they talked about how he knew, or Obi-Wan says, if he ever knew that he, if he knew that he ever had offspring, they would be a threat. Mm-hmm. So saying that, wow, he was so unbelievably powerful in the Force that his children could be just as powerful or close to it. more, yeah. But now she's more powerful, it seems like. And Kylo, he talked about how he was, he, you know, Luke had never felt a power like that. Well, maybe Luke had, didn't know that many Jedi, and so it wasn't as severe. But, you know, I, I don't like this, like, these two are just magically super powerful for no reason. Hmm. And maybe we'll find out a reason. I don't mind that as much because I think, you know, the force is kind of it's a, there's a raw talent, right? Like she, everybody has a level of raw talent. It's how it's been developed. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't have a problem with her having this raw power, you know, it's just that how focused it is already. Right. That's, that's the part. That's much I, more my problem. I have more problem with that than I do her having access to those powers, you know, like, you know, her being able to control them already and stuff is kind of a little bit far-fetching for me. But, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they if they broach that subject again about her parents, her roots, mm-hmm. you know, and, and where she comes from. Because, you know, Luke says right in the trailer, you've got a thousand generations of Jedi in you. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You know, <laughs> seriously, I mean, what is there some clone, you know, some gene manipulation there? You know, does she... Have, was she put together with all the best of each Jedi? I mean, that would explain her powers, right? right. Is she you the know? Know, Does she have the knowledge of all the Jedi with those documents, or does she have the power of all those Jedi? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, what is it? What leads? Yeah, what is? And it? It, it, it's it's certainly not. It's certainly the my my confusion at how she can control everything and be an advanced user, not so much her power. The thing about the power that bothers me is that both she and Kylo are, like, uber-powerful. And it seems like, why do you have these two unbelievably powerful Jedi born just a few years apart? You know, it seems like they should be How do you know they were born a few years apart? Well, how much older could Kylo be than Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it possible they're the same age, like, born at the same time? Oh, are they twins? Well, I mean, that would be something. He looks, he to me, he looks significantly older than her. Like, I think he looks like he's like 30, and she looks like she's like 24. I, I, yeah. But I don't know. I, I agree with that. I, I think he does look older than her. But. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. I mean, yeah, as yeah. actors, I mean, they yeah. can be whatever they're supposed to be. Sure. I mean, we, we, we never can figure out why it is that uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan went from virile men, look like they were 30 or so, and... 30 years later, you know, look like 95-year-old men, you know. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe I, I'm getting the years wrong or whatever. However many years is between the end of Revenge of the Sith and start of A New Hope. I think it's supposed to be, it 30 be 18 years, years right? Because Luke years. is only 18 or 19 in, in A New Hope, right? So 20 years. 
20 years. Because he's born at the end of the third movie. That's right, 20 years. So if it's 20 years, so 20... So these guys went from 30 to 50, and they look like they're 90. You know, it's like, you know, Alex Guinness looked old, and yeah. Vader looked old, and, you know, these guys these guys are aging poorly. Yep. <laughs> Maybe it's the stress of living in the in the Empire, but... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting. And you brought up, like I said, I didn't like... Because I didn't understand kind of where this could be a theme. And also, would you talk about uh, Ray's parentage? Um Rian Johnson has, like, I guess, put out. I think. I think his name is actually Ryan. I always want to say it Rian because the way it's spelled. Ruin. Well, that I like that even better. But uh, the R I A N. I just always want to say Re. You know. Anyway, he uh, either in an interview or a tweet said that he wouldn't have a problem if JJ quote unquote retconned her parentage, and it doesn't have to have to be in a retcon. It could be Kylo was just lying to her. Yeah. I mean, we, we've said that since since Last Jedi came out. Absolutely. It's just, just his line to say, there's nothing else for you, just me, right? Yeah, we've no, seen that, that makes before, sense. Yeah. right? That's emperor manipulation right Vader there. killed your father. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And that. so from a certain point of view, was that a good thing or a bad thing, right? But, well, I, to me, it just sets up perfectly for him to do it. Right. You know, if, I don't know why he wouldn't do it at this point. Like, it's almost like part of the story. You know <laughs> what I mean? Right, right. No, I mean it's so intertwined with the story, and so many times, like the, like the things that I get worried about about how I worry that sometimes it's almost like they know the story, but they've never ingested the story. Like, well, yeah, because this happens in that movie, so we should do it in this movie. Yeah, but why did it happen in that movie? Yeah, right. Well, just because it happened. No, 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 no. It happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. You need to know a reason why these things happen. And that's what they were missing in, in The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. was that extra piece. Well, and Last Jedi. Well, that goes without being <laughs> Last said. Jedi was, yeah. Last Jedi was missing everything. Yeah, right. But it was... Uh, and so one thing I did read, and I think it's on IGN. You can find the article. Spoiler um, alert. Spoiler alert. Well, I don't know if it's really a spoiler oh, alert. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this... You know, probably should take you care. Already, you already know. This, this has nothing to do with the story itself. Um, but J.J. Abrams, I think he talked about it on that panel. And, you know, they're confirming, they've confirmed that, like, Lucas was consulted heavily before this film. Other people have said, well, wasn't he consulted on all the other films and they sucked? It's like, well, I think that they maybe talked to him a little bit. But, but I think I this one they asked. input. Yeah, I think that his ed- advice was just heard but rarely, like, ingested or used. Yeah. I got the feeling from this trailer, the way it felt, and it's hard to describe the feel, but it's just kind of the artistry of it and the way that I felt like I could see. And I'll kind of get into it more when we get into the actual scenes, but it by the by the way the actors are acting, I suddenly feel like there's an actual goal. And that's what I didn't feel like they ever had was like it was all a lot of arguing or or, you know, just one off whatever's like, how do we blow up this, you know, the Starkiller base? Uh, oh, do you know anything about it? Yeah, I know something about it. Well, he didn't know anything about it. And yet the 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 X-Wings show up on the planet and know exactly where to go to try and blow it up. And they do. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, wait a minute. Where was the readout plans from the droid? Mm-hmm. Where was the you're copying something? You're copying an action without the cause. That doesn't work. <laughs> you know, or like, well, that was the most egregious part was just, we're just going to go there and, and attack it. We don't even know how to defeat it, but we'll do it. 
because that's how we did it in the first movie. Mm-hmm. You know, just stuff like that I, I don't like. But um, Luke, you know, if I think they actually listened to Lucas. I think he kind of told them how they need to wrap it up. And J.J. said something to, akin to there were some very vigorous, and they weren't debates, but explorations of what it really means to end this. And you're not just ending a trilogy. You're ending a, a, a trio of trilogies, and you've got to bring the entire saga to a satisfying close. And that's but, not easy to do. But also, do you want to tie it up in a neat little bow? Is that really what you want? I think so, yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to know that we can go for 100 or you know years in the future of Star Wars, and nothing crazy will have happened. Yeah. That they kind of got things figured sto- out. Yeah, that story is good. I mean, that's how Return of the Jedi ends, you know? Yeah. I, and I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Just, just me personally. Yeah. So what about you? Do you not want it to be tied up in a bow? I don't need all of it to be. I need the big questions to be though, you know. Mm-hmm. I need, I need closure on a few different things. You know, like I, I don't think Ray's parents' story is done. I think they'll explain. At least I think JJ will attempt to kind of explain where she comes from and kind of where this power comes from. Okay. You know, and I think that's what her bit, relevance to the galaxy. Yes, is. her relevance to the galaxy. Um, I kind of do want to see more about the Force ghosts and sort of how that all came about. And, you know, and, you know, Luke talks about how nobody dies really ever goes away. He says something along those lines. Yeah, no one's ever really gone. Yeah. And so. And then right after that, the Empire. Hopefully, I'd like (laughs) to see them examine that piece some. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really intriguing and interesting to sort of understand this piece of where the Jedi get those you know, the ability to go to the next, you know, afterlife or whatever you want to call it. Right, right. I think that would provide some closure. You know, I... Well, I... What I I guess I don't want to see is them trying to attempt to retell a story. You know, I don't want to see them be like, oh, this is how Vader was made. Oh, you know... The emperor is really his father, and mm-hmm. you know I don't I don't need to see that. Well, I don't have any problem if they show us how Anakin was brought around. Like I don't think he would spend a lot of time on it, but like could show that like they they, they conceived Anakin the... into Shimi, you know, however you say her name, Shmi, Shmi. Yeah. However, they did that with you know manipulating chemistry or what you know. However, they did that mm-hmm. would kind of be a cool thing. Like that's where they where he really did come from. Mm-hmm. I would love it if. They get into some metaphysical stuff. That was what Lucas wanted basically the whole sequel trilogy to be, and they decided not to do that, which I thought was a disastrously bad idea because I was like, dude, he was going to, there's, you know, he was going to take Star Wars in a really wild, fun direction, and you should have followed his creativity. You could have parred it down a little bit, parried it down if you needed to, mm-hmm. but it would have been, you know, it would have been a cool. Well, yeah, that was theory. The, one of the bigger mysteries to take out of Return of the Jedi. You know, mm-hmm. these Force ghosts, right? And right, and you know, and, and you talk about how he, you know, the the leaked kind of outlines included, you know, the, getting into the really deep, small stuff. What were the midichlorians? Where did they come from? Who were the wills, and how were they involved in all this, and and all that kind of stuff? And I thought it would have been cool to get into that. You know. It would have been to me. I thought it would have been cool if the third trilogy of Star Wars became more of a Similarian from J.R.R. Tolkien type, 
You know? Yeah. No, I think the uh, some of the problem with that is Disney just is trying to get away from any of the legends stuff. Right. Yeah, they don't like to. Well, I think they foolishly thought it would be better to start fresh and new. And but while, that that brings up the question: Are they going to try to incorporate some of that stuff into this movie? Well, I think they may be. That's yeah. kind of what. Me, that's where my optimism comes from. Is I think sure. that they may. I don't think they'll get into it the way I would like them to, but I think they may get into you know, the story of you know good versus evil, right and wrong. That is all. That is Star Wars and is mythology. Would be kind of interesting to go deeper and say why do these wills and why do the midichlorians, why do they not make everything good? Why is there bad? You know, you could kind of get into, we need bad, like, you know, like this guy posted on... right? You can't have dark without the light. You can't Mm -hmm. have light without the dark, you know? Can't have quiet without noise. You know, you have to have... Can't have sweet without sour. Yin and yang, right? Yeah. Right. And so, is you know, this one guy posted on Facebook, my, my five-year-old is asking me, why did Anakin turn bad? I don't know what to tell him. And I said, you tell him Anakin turned bad to teach us why we shouldn't do that, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's what myths are. And that's what Star Wars was, because it's a myth. It's yeah. mythology. And it's telling you why you should make the right decision and but not Anakin the wrong one. But Anakin turned bad because... Because he chose power. He was weak, yeah. He was weak. He chose himself over others, basically, right? He's saying, I am more concerned about losing my wife, the love of my life, mm-hmm. than I am about what happens to the rest of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And Yoda even tried to say to him, right, like, don't worry about people who die because, you know, they're just going to transition into the force and mm-hmm. so will you. You know, it's not a loss. It's it's just a natural part of everything. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Which that, you know, kind of bleeds into the Star Wars biblical themes and, and religious sure. type themes, right? Sure. Where it's where it's reincarnation and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh anyway, um I'm not quite sure how we got onto that topic, but Well so I kinda got us off of <laughs> tangent a little. But you know, I I think all of what we have discussed, we've been talking now for forty minutes. And we haven't really gotten that through the trailer that much. Mm-hmm. And I think this shows what was the big deal about that trailer is it's got us thinking. And talking. It's got us wondering, yeah. mysterizing, you know, mm-hmm. chatting and wondering. And I can't remember feeling that hardly at all except for a little bit with The Force Awakens. There's some mystique. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, when I saw the first trailer, which they didn't even make very many trailers for Last Jedi, when I saw that first one, I remember going... Boy, that looks really fucking boring. Contrived. Yeah, just hollow. Mm-hmm. No heart to it. And this one felt like it was all heart. Mm-hmm. Like it's like there's something we are going. I'm not kidding. Somewhere you, you we know, are going here. Like you get a, you know how you get that feeling in the movie, like Denzel and Remember the Titans, where he comes out <laughs> and just, you know, that speech that just gives you those butterflies in your stomach. Like I had that feeling. Yeah. I still do, even when I turn it on now. I've watched it thirty times. It does. It gives you a little. There's an emotional it, feeling. There with is, it. man. It's in you know that scene again with. You know, Ray hung it, hugging uh, Princess Leia. Love that scene, yeah. Yeah, and the tear coming down her cheek. I mean, that is a heartfelt scene. And, man, it just really had me going, yes. How cool yeah. would it be if Leia loved it. Like, died in the movie and that was a scene of her like, Force Ghost. Of Ray, like, being able to seem... transcend into that other world. And maybe we find out they aren't Force Ghosts. They're just in another plane. Mm-hmm. And a that's how they dimension. appear to us. But she's strong enough in the Force that she actually can commune and touch them i thought that'd be kind of a you know like i said yeah. get into a really interesting metaphysical type thing well i mean remember obi-wan says that qui-gon trained him as a force ghost on tatooine right on on, on tanta five yeah yeah or on tanta five yeah or four 
whatever that ship is. Uh, yeah. I the forget. Leia from A New Hope looking ship. It was just a Carillion Corvette. I don't know which one. Yeah. Um, obviously, it wasn't her. She wasn't born yet. So, and then she inherited it. Um, anyway, so let's go back to the trailer. Um, the, the, so we talk about, oh, Luke says, we passed on all we know. I actually wrote it down. <laughs> We've passed on all we know. The 1,000 generations live in you now, but this is your fight. So it sounds like he's talking about knowledge of the Force. But again, we don't even know if all three of those lines come together in the film. Like in the original trailer where um, Ray asked BB-8, you know, where do you come from? And he goes, BB-BB-BB, and she goes, classified, huh, me too. It's You can tell if you have headphones on, it's from a different scene because the background noise is different, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what that's he says. clever editing, yeah. Yeah, so that's what he says to her as she... Uh, jumps over Kylo's um, TIE fighter-like thing. The next scene is a ship flying towards the city in the dark. Mm-hmm. You can see the lights of the city. It's obviously like nighttime or whatever. Yeah, but some of the buildings look like castles. and Yeah, it kind of looks kind of uh, not Naboo-ish, but uh, very like maybe Alderaan or something. Mm-hmm. No, Alderaan's gone. Um, but, but but yeah, but that in that mold, though. Yeah. Yes. Kind of a regal. But more of a dark... Kind of dark setting, right? Because it's well, I think it's because it's just at night, you know. Yeah. But then it's like, it, it, like you're looking at the mountain area, and then the speeder. It looks like an A-wing, sp- um, like modified, swings by, and then the camera pans to the city, which is kind of in the distance, and you see the the speeder cutting through clouds, and it pulls clouds. It with also it. looks like it could be a real high end area, almost like where they go Rich. in Last Jedi to try to find the. Oh, the hacker? The splitter guy or whatever. The, the splicer. Splicer, yeah. 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 Um, I certainly hope it's not because that, that whole thing about money really, to me, like spit in the face of Star Wars. Not that they don't have money, mm-hmm. that it's just rich people are controlling everything and and they're selling the weapons to everyone. It's like, so wait a minute. So who's more powerful? The First Order, the government, the, the, the Republic, or these people that make the, make the ships? That sounds like they'd be the powerful ones. Right. So, which kind of ruins the whole good, ver- good and evil thing. Just saying, oh, no, it's just greedy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the next scene is uh, Kylo bashes a dude to the ground while holding his saber, I don't know if he cuts the guy with the side part of the saber. It looks like he plunges that into him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then throws him down to the ground. The background is kind of a red hue uh, in the trees, and you you see a trooper shooting. Yep, you can see a stormtrooper charging forward. I like that scene a lot. It looked very, it was very beautiful of a scene, and it it had the right kind of gravitas for how he should fight. It also made me think that it might be a flashback. To some maybe some Knights of Ren situation, possibly. I know we saw the Knights of Ren on the promotional poster that came out. Did you see that? There is a, ren- a little rendition of them on that, uh, some of the artwork that oh, came that out. Oh, that leaked one? I don't know if I saw it or not. Yeah, a while back. But anyway, that seems to be kind of an interesting topic that maybe they would broach as well, right? Or maybe the Knights of Ren show up to um, challenge him because he killed Snoke. And he wipes out the Knights of Ren. Could be. You know? yeah. Although some people have said they thought the Knights of Ren were the arm, the Imperial Guards in, not Imperial Guards, the Red Guards in Snoke's big room. Oh, uh-huh. Which I thought, you know, if that's true, then they weren't very talented. I mean, there was like nine of them, and they 
couldn't take out but even one Jedi. But isn't there a scene in Force Awakens, like a flashback scene with him? That and... one flashback with him standing yeah. in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. No one knows where that comes from. Hmm. There was speculation that that was the middle of his destroying Luke's Jedi Temple. Yeah. Or Jedi So Academy. are the Knights of Ren maybe other Jedi that are jaded? That Good were question. with him at the Academy? Yeah. I think, a... I think everyone assumes they were with him at the Academy. That, that yeah. he's there. They became... Part of his, so they're you know. kind of some dark Jedi too, then, huh? I mean, that could be an interesting plot point for the movie. Yeah, I, I will say, I, I never agreed with removing the Sith from being the bad guy or the bad force of, of, you know, um, the dark side of the force. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it kind of cheapened it a little bit by doing that. I wouldn't have minded if they used like the Witches of Dathomir or something to be the main protagonist uh, of the dark side and be like, well, they aren't Sith, but they're. But they, but they are passionate about the dark side in a different way. They're just mm-hmm. like a different religious sect, you know. Whereas Snoke just kind of seemed like a, just a random bad guy. No one knows why he was bad, where he came from. I mean, you talked about answering questions. And I don't need everything tied up in a bow. But here's what I'd love to know. Why did Kylo follow Snoke? Who was Snoke? Exactly. Who is but, Snoke? But where does he come from? Just, and, and I don't need a whole backstory or anything. Just why was he powerful? I mean, people like to say, well, we didn't know who the emperor was or that he was powerful. Well, but he's the emperor. You're you're fighting against the empire and he's the emperor. He's the lead bad guy. How did he get that way? We don't know. Mm-hmm. But we know he's the he's a badass right. because he's the emperor of the empire. Mm-hmm. The first order wasn't the ruling power in the galaxy. They were just this group of nationalistic people and we don't know why he became the boss. Right. And you're not going to tell us, or we weren't going to find out in two movies. We don't know his relevance. Mm-hmm. We knew right from the start, Vader's this bad guy. Then we found out, oh, he's actually the henchman for the real bad guy. And then we find out in the last movie, he's a genius who put everything into into action that made himself the most powerful yeah, and person maybe in the that's, galaxy. You know, maybe that'll be one of his surprises as a wrap-up to the Snoke story. Because, It'd be you nice. know, Something. the original trilogy, the... You know, the Emperor was pretty mysterious until the third one, so... Right, but I think they also assumed that all of us knew that he was also Darth Sidious, you know, or most fans anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's the that's my biggest question, is why did Kylo turn? Why did, he, why did he betray his family? Why did he betray his teacher? Why did he betray the Republic? I mean, that's a big, that's a big thing to do. And it's also kind of concerning seeing how... He doesn't seem all that dedicated. He seems like he gets a hissy fit when he gets in a bad mood. And then the rest of the time, he's this nice guy. And it's just like, well, wait a minute. Why, you know, need some need something there? So that, that's my biggest first question. Second one is, um, well, uh, you know, I, that's the only real question from the sequel trilogy I even care about now. Um, I would have cared a lot more about Luke questions, but... Yeah. Kind of those questions are kind of been dashed for a lot of the most part, but yeah, why, why is Luke? There's a lot of verbiage, verbiage of Luke in the trailer. Um, he's obviously he's billed as one of the star or mm-hmm. a cast member, so he's he's obviously in some of the a fair amount of the movie, or at least has oh, a yeah. prominent role. Um, Ian McDiarmid, you know, JJ confirmed after the trailer thing. Yes, he is in the film. Didn't say how or how often or how much, but he is in the film. Uh, which I'm a huge fan of that, I think. I say I am because of all the possibilities it could open up. 
But then I'm also like, man, I'm going to start getting excited by ideas, and they might just go with the most mundane, boring thing in the world. But, like, I would love to see Ray get visited by, like, Luke, you know, but then have the Emperor show up and Vader with that thing they used to talk about. Because some of the ideas they had for Force Awakens that were leaked, like, concept art but didn't make it in the movie, like the Jedi treasure hunter. Like he went, like there was going to be this like weird looking dude that with that half mask thing that went and found Vader's mask burned and his lightsaber and, you know, collected all these artifacts. I still think that would have been a really cool way to start the trilogy was just this mysterious guy who was hunting down artifacts. But anyway, um, I just, you know, I thought of them all coming back to her as force ghosts at once. And like, because she's not even like being visited by force ghosts, but she Ray is able to visit that plane somehow mm-hmm. with her abilities and or the knowledge in those books, maybe. And maybe even Yoda's there. And maybe like there's a huge like devil on your shoulder and angel on your shoulder metaphysical battle to get her allegiance or something. I mean, you could go in a really wild direction and give us something to remember, something epic to remember, you know, yeah. like. Like in the movie It, right, the miniseries, they completely avoid, and in the new movie too, it looks like, um, like the whole, you know, what what the clown really looked like, that what the anim- the animal he really is, and then like he fights off against this like massive turtle, you know, and like all those other things, and that was all left out of the of the miniseries, mm-hmm. and it was left out of the first half of the of the the two part movie, so I don't think it's going to be in there, but I mean that's really com- cool stuff, like. And maybe it and maybe it doesn't translate to film well, but you know, I'd love to see just take a real chance, not a Rian Johnson. What do people want? Let's do the exact opposite because that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. No, go somewhere, do something. He he uncovered no ground. He did not advance character arcs almost at all. And the storyline was just asinine. You know, I'm, let's chase a ship until it runs out of gas. I mean. That, yeah, that's that plot line is just pathetic for Star Wars. Yeah, for a lot of other genres or not genres, but series or sagas or or whatever. With some weak sideline about them going to another planet, going to, to a the, casino. Yeah. I mean, it was just bad, man. Everything about that movie was that bad. would have been a good way to plug Lando in, you know. Great way to plug Lando in. Yeah. Hey, we need you to come with us, man. We're ha- we're fight and we we're out of money. And we need, maybe that is what happens. Maybe they, you know, I also thought well, it would have been a really, you know, cool thing. Like they take they take some ideas, obviously, from the books, from the from the old EU, mm-hmm. which I'm not mad about them invalidating that. It was never canon to me because Lucas said it wasn't canon. So it was never canon. But anyway, uh, a really cool idea you could take from that Thrawn trilogy. Remember, he brought the Empire back to prominence because they found that lost feat of Katana ships. Remember, there was 300 capital ships. What did they call those things? I thought it was a Katana class. Dreadnought, maybe. Is those Dreadnoughts. Those were? Yep. Okay. You read it a lot more recently than I did. Yeah. Um, but it was 300, right? Oh, it was, yeah, it was a lot. And so that, I thought, would have been a cool plot point for the Republic. Have them find a lost fleet. But you should have done that. That should have been the plot for, for Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's like you wasted a whole movie... Doing nothing reminds me of the middle movie in the uh, Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. Except for the dragon, the whole thing was pointless. 
It was just a big, long walk. Just a bridge to the third one is all yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just yeah. all filler material. And then people told me so how they, they didn't like the... they trilogy. <laughs> yeah, and then people told me like they didn't like the first one. And it's like, you didn't like the first one, but you liked the second one? I loved the first one. It was cool. first one's the best one, in my opinion. Absolutely, in my opinion, too. Yeah. Like, people are like, and then stupid song. And I was like, that was the coolest freaking song that the, el- the all the dwarves sing. And I'm not a, and I'm not a song in mm-hmm. movies or books person. I don't read the lyrics in the books. Yeah. But that was an awesome song they sang as they were cleaning the dishes. I mean, that Agreed. was cool. Agreed. So, anyway. Here's your boy. My boy. Oh, is that Nelson Cruz? He's getting in that bat. Finally. Um, yeah, for those not listening, we're kind of referring to our fancy baseball teams there. Uh, so back to the trailer, uh, the next scene was Kylo f- or someone fixing Kylo's mask. And you brought up the point looks like almost, I don't know if they're ape hands or if they're some almost like Klingon hands from the, from the discovery Klingons. They're or furry though. They're hairy. Yeah. It looks like there's fur coming off the, the hair, wrist area. Yeah. Thick hair or fur. So, um, who, could, who's putting Kylo's mask together and why? But what a cool question. Again, good things to put out there. Oh, I wonder what's going on there. Now it's I want to know. It's a good, subtle message, right? Because I don't think that some pe- people aren't picking up on that. No, I didn't. I thought that yeah. was Kylo. Yeah, but you notice you notice those are not Kylo's hands. No, they're not. Yeah. They're definitely, they look like, more like feminine. Yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. They might be like a, a smaller, like, monkey creature yeah, or something. Yeah, I mean, how maybe it's just totally irrelevant. It's just, some, right. like you said, just some lackey putting it back together. But I have a feeling there's a little more significance to it than that. Well, just why is he putting the mask back together? Couldn't you make a brand new one? Well, is You're he the leader inf- of the First Order. Is he infusing it with parts of Vader's mask, maybe? Wouldn't you that know? be cool? Yeah. And I still will never, I will never forget that line in The Force Awakens when he's looking at the mask and he goes, show me again. And that's why I'm hoping there was a long time ago, there was a talk about Anakin being in those in The Last Jedi or the TFA, uh, Hayden Christensen, and like his Force ghost wasn't like fully formed. Like it wasn't perfect, but like it would fade back and forth between like a, 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 like a mat, like a metal you know, electronic mask or, or, you know, his his mask and his face or half and half or whatever. Mm. And kind of like a half a Terminator and half a person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's a cool idea that even, you know, he, he never was fully bad and he was never fully good. He was kind of brought back from the light. But Yoda always says the dark side dominates your destiny. So yep. I thought that was a cool idea. There's also the idea about... Someone and it, it was either Ray or someone else. They weren't sure. She was called Kira back then. Um, that there was going to be the sunken throne room of the Emperor, and that they went in there to find something. And I think it was to find Vader's lightsaber, which that won't be the case now. Um, plus, light his lightsaber blew up. You know, was pulled apart by them on uh, 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 Snoke's ship in the last film. But that sure looks like the same lightsaber she's drawing uh, to fight that light that Tie Fighter. That's Luke's old lightsaber. Yeah, Anakin's old lightsaber, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke's. L- well, it went from Anakin. Anakin to, to Luke. To, well, Luke from lost Anakin it. Anakin to Obi Wan to right. Luke, and then Luke lost it on Sky. Whatever that. When place, he uh, lost his arm, right? Cloud City. Yeah. But then it must have been recovered and given to to Maz. Maz. Or Maz. Who gave Maz or Maz? Yeah, that's a good question. And we don't know how she got it. 
when Ray asked her, she said that's a story for another time. Yeah. Maybe we'll get that story because Maz is in this one. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, but that was the one that was destroyed, right? So, this one actually. Come to think of it, I guess the one that she's holding this looks like looks like Vader's lightsaber, not Luke's. So, no, Vader has a red lightsaber. Well, the blade, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. The blade that she pulls out in the trailer. Yeah, it's the it's the one from the original New Hope. Okay, it's, isn't it? Probably. Well, anyway, that leads to the question of how did she repair it? You know, yeah. or how did it come back together? Um, and then, uh, so then, after the uh, fixing of the mask, there's Finn and Poe with BB-8. They're looking at a mount from a mountain area, and they're looking in the distance. And you can see that Finn is holding Ray's staff from Force Awakens. Hmm. If that has any relevance of any kind, I don't know. That could show that they are on Jakku. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I wonder if, you know, at the very beginning there, too, it looks like another desert planet. So is that a third desert planet? <laughs> right. Is it Tatooine? Is, is it, it Jakku? And I do like the idea that you came up with that perhaps at that point she and Ray or she and Kylo are friendly. And he's teaching her about the force, and that's not that's not an attack thing. She's training. That's a practice thing. So yeah. who knows? I I I like your idea because I would like that a lot more than what I was thinking that was. Um, Shoot, that was a nice play. So then it goes to uh, a picture of BB-8 with the other new droid. I think it's I believe it's it's either D zero or D O. It's a D dash, and then it looked like a zero. Hmm. But I, I, I wasn't able to watch the whole panel and see the new one, and, and so I don't know what he's called. But anyway, both of them did that droid thing where they kind of tilt their head to the side, kind of like a dog, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I always kind of think of droids that way, you know, like or at least the rolling ones, mm-hmm. like R2 and BB-8. They're just little dogs, you know. It's a little schnauzer. The astromechs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love the coolest things in the world. They need more droids in these movies. They, they don't seem to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um then it goes to Lando and Chewie and the Falcon. Loved that. Lando was just right. That's exactly who he should be 30 years later. He still had the same kind of attitude to him. And I got to say, I got to see Billy D. Williams' time on the panel. Loved it. Because when someone said, was it hard to be Lando again after all these years? And he goes, yeah, Lando never left me. And then the crowd cheered. And I thought, that's perfect. And they, in fact, that's kind of how it should have been with Luke. It would have been Luke. No, nah, man, I'm all, I am Luke. I created that character. And should have let him be Luke, you know. But at least it looks like they're letting Lando be Lando. Hope so. He's back in the Falcon. He's with Chewie. Uh, and can we get Chewie a little more film time mm-hmm. and a little more relevance here? Doesn't have to do big things. But, I mean... Leia barely acknowledges him when she sees him for the first time in however many years that was. She and Han have been apart. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he is a and little what, bit of... what was that? That would be another interesting story. Like, why? Why were her and Han apart for so long? Yeah, why they split up? Why isn't she the... Why wasn't she the, the president of the New Republic? Yeah. I mean, they answer some of those things in a way in, like, the Bloodlines movie and stuff, or books... But, you again, you shouldn't need to read books to understand what happened, you know? Right. Books are an extension for fun later. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, not for a film franchise. This is a film franchise. It's the films that matter. Oh. <laughs> oh, look at that. Chris Davis finally got a, a hit after 54 at-bats. Wow. Wow, what a... Well, at least he did it against Boston. We hopefully, reverse jinxed him. Hopefully, we're, uh, hopefully they're going to beat Boston. 
Um, next scene that we have. Oh, one thing I want to mention about that scene, and if you haven't watched it closely, watch it again a few times and re- rewind it or play it slow. And that is when they come out of hyperspace with the Falcon. Number one, looks like it has that same round radar dish again, which is interesting. Um, that doesn't really matter. I just just, just noticed that. Um, but the way the Starline, so it's the swirling hyperspace tunnel, and then it breaks, and I, I kept pausing it, so it breaks into a, a circle in it, and you can see the stars. And then that widens, and like the stars look normal, but then they stretch the other direction into a pinpoint of light. I don't think it should work that way, and it could just be they did that because they wanted the flash of light to match when they changed the, the scene, so it might not be a final thing. Mm-hmm. But I would much more prefer it if that spinning you know, um, tunnel of, of hyperspace turned into a point of light, and that point of light sh- turned into stretched lines, and then they pulled back, and that was normal space. That would make a lot more sense to me, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's not a big deal. Um, then the desert chase. So uh, the first part of that is you see, like, some smoke, on a, I don't know if it's a Jakku or whatever, looks like there's either moisture evaporators on the ends, mm-hmm. or the way they're lined up, it wonder if it's like a pod racing course or something. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely two columns of some kind of structures that are identical. Again, they look a lot like moisture evaporators from Tatooine. And there's a couple of vehicles go shooting by. There's a lot of dust. And then, like, two things with jetpacks. People, droids, killers, whatever they are, shooting past you on jetpacks. Don't know what to make of that scene very much. But what I love is they're obviously, in some ways, chasing Poe and Finn and, and 3PO on that skimmer looking thing Mm -hmm. but that was one of my favorite scenes simply because of the way pin uh, finn and poe are acting and if you just watch them individually what they're doing in that scene they look really dedicated and like you really know what they're trying to do and it's something that i felt has been missing from star wars is it it seems like they're just doing scenes a lot of times and not and not a story and that looked like they were dead heat in a story. We got to get somewhere for a really big reason. And we got to do it. You know, we got to get 3PO here. Mm-hmm. May not mean anything. As far as we know, the movie could be terrible. But again, this is one of the things that gave me some optimism. Um, then there's the picture of the A-Wing crashing. and or, or going down after being shot in one of the engines. That, to me, looked unmistakably like an A-Wing. So I don't know if that's what that was, but... It sure did to me, too. Yeah, that that sure looked like one, didn't it? So, kind of cool, and also stylistically and visually matched the scene before, which is probably why it was chosen, but it's a cool scene. Uh, Then, fingers going over, cleaning, whatever, rubbing, remembering... Uh, the metal. It's one of the medals from the Yavin ceremony at the end of A New Hope. Yes. What do you think is going on there? Um, I don't know. Is it a reflection on the old days, you know, maybe reflecting on Luke's loss and so, you know, and Han, you know, it could be Leia just kind of thinking back to the past. I don't do know. You, do you think it, Are do you feel confident that it's Leia? Well, either Leia or Chewie, and maybe oh Chewie. no, it's fingers. Oh, that's right, it is fingers. And they do look feminine. Yeah. So, 
you know. Maybe it's Ray. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like she's she's lamenting over Han or Leia lamenting over Luke or mm-hmm. um or maybe trying to like spark the resistance, you know, and be like, This is what we fought for. Yeah. You or know? maybe they're you know, Leia's finally gonna give Chewie a medal. <laughs> After all these years. <laughs> finally finally Chewie's gonna get He's his gonna due. get his redemption. Uh and then there's the scene you talked about with Leia hugging Ray. Very emotional scene. Um, Ray has a tear coming down. Leia, you know what? I I always felt like either they didn't direct her well, or something was weird with Carrie Fisher in these sequels. She she always seemed to be laboring to talk. Like it was almost like almost like speaking was hard for her. Like hmm. I don't know if her if her voice is just gone uh, or what. But you know, one thing occurred to me, and I hate saying this, but knowing how she died. Mm-hmm. Is it possible she was on drugs and that was part of the hard part was she was loaded. And I don't think so because I thought she kicked her drug problem and she wrote so many great books and, you know, her speech about George at the Kennedy Center and everything. I and mean, she looked she well, was fantastic. Anthony Bourdain had kicked his habit for a long time, too. And so an, how that ended. So. It's an addiction for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love Carrie to death. I don't blame. I don't not sorry. I don't blame. I don't dislike or hold against anyone um depression or drug abuse or anything like that because you know what it just happens to people Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't continue to happen to so many people if it was something that was easy to avoid so um i love carrie to death you know she'll forever be our first love i'm sure all of us Mm -hmm. we all fell in love with her in that bikini and we you know we were just trying to figure out that we even like you know what it meant to be attracted to people at that age and Mm -hmm. And she was like that fantasy, man. She was, oh, that sexy bikini. We all still remember that. So um, even if that's male chauvinistic, it, you know, who cares? That was just wonderful. So, um, but lovely to see that scene. Obviously not CGI. Obviously that's some of that unused footage. And I thought, you know, the best thing about CGI is they don't have to change her. They can use footage of her and change the background, mm-hmm. change her clothing. I mean, they can change so many things without changing her. And put her in so many different types of scenes and and have her do dialogue when it's focusing on someone else's face. You know, so maybe it's not her saying it, it's her dialogue from something else a long time ago or some other filming, you know. Sure. Yeah, there's definitely creative ways around that. But that scene looked great. I agree. Um, did have a shiny quality to it in the background. She had a shiny quality a little bit too, though. So that's why I kind of wondered if it was like yeah. could be that ethereal plane or it something. It could be. You know, which I, again, I think would be cool. Yeah. Um. Just yeah, give us something interesting, man. Give us give us one film to to talk about for years, you know. Something to grasp just one, yeah. <laughs> you know. Give us just a couple of scenes, man. We haven't had many scenes that you know outside of me for the the just talking about the episodes now. But the Millennium Falcon escaping Jakku, that's the only scene from both movies that I've like intentionally wanted to watch many times. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just kind of like, well, if I watch the movie, that's okay, you know. Obviously, we're talking about Force Awakens because mm-hmm. what in the world would you ever want to see again from Last Jedi? That was just terrible. Only thing about Last Jedi that was even decent to me was uh, when Ray's hair came down. She looked really attractive, and <laughs> I had not I had not found her very attractive, which I don't care about for the story. But I gotta say, she looked really, really attractive. That was kind of uh, that's always endearing. Uh, so then you come up with a scene. There's BB-8, three PO, and Chewie in the background. There's Ray. Uh, Finn 
and Poe in the foreground. So there's our new heroes kind of with the last of what we've got of the old heroes and everything. And they're staring out into the ocean. I'm assuming this is on the force moon of Endor because, and what I did not realize the first two times I saw it wasn't until the third time watching HD. I thought that was a mountain off in the distance with clouds over it. And it took a while for me to see it because then someone said something about, well, what are they going to do in the Death Star? And I went, why would they be going to a Death Star? And that's when I was watching the trailer and I was like, oh, oh my God, that's the fucking Death Star. <laughs> so that's a piece, a piece of debris mm. from the Death Star. It looks so, like the bottom half or something. Well, it's the dish. The dish part. Yeah. yeah so it's the below the dish. Yeah. And, uh, and it's massive. So it's sitting out there in the ocean. So who knows how big of a piece of equipment this could be, you know? And one guy was saying, well, that doesn't make any sense because the Death Star was blown to smithereens. There should be nothing left. Well, no. Even a super thermal reaction doesn't mean that every piece of that massive structure was detonated. Yeah, yeah. was turned into dust. Yeah. I mean, it could have just shot pieces off at high speed, you mm-hmm. know. And the emperor's the throne room with the the spire, you know, that would have been one of the furthest most points from the middle of the of the thing. So mm-hmm. that whole thing about someone diving into the old throne room underwater, da, 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 looks like maybe that is coming back. I mean, maybe some of those ideas from the early concept art maybe they weren't for the first movie maybe they were for this movie maybe we're going to find out how they found vader's helmet how did kylo get it you know I mean, there's a lot of cool things that they could explore from what did what is it what did he mean by you know show me again grandfather where did he get it from why is the why is it why are they visiting the death star 30 years after it went under i mean obviously there's a mystery they're trying to solve and that's another thing that gives me a great hope is there there could be such a good story about a mystery, something you want to find. Yeah, it's interesting why that's coming back into play after so long. You know, why why are they, you know, why is the emperor being resurrected? Obviously, that's the last scene, right? Is Just it, his laugh. His laugh uh, as as the, uh, the Death Star kind of fades into black and... You know, so it makes what, you wonder. What do you think? I mean, what do you think? What do you think the emperor's appearance is? It could be more than one, but what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more flashback situations where they're talking about whatever it may be: his connection to Anakin, his connection to Plagueis, uh, bridging that whole connection. Maybe I don't. I'm not real sure, but I, I would guess that that is kind of where it comes into play, and they just would lead you to believe because they show you the Death Star, mm-hmm. that something's being he's being resurrected or his body's been resurrected or cloned or whatever it may be. But that's kind of my hope is that it's more of a flashback situation. I, I could definitely get on board with that more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that would be – I wouldn't have a problem if this movie had a number of flashbacks to kind of tie things together. Yeah, you would think it almost has to. To I mean, Star Wars gags. has never done that, but I know. You, know, you can find a way, I think, to yeah, do it well. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, all I can say is please, please, please don't let that either be stock footage that they don't use, and please, please, please don't let that be the end of the movie. Like, they're trying to figure something out or find something, and it ends with them staring at the wreckage of the Death Star. It's like, please don't don't tease us and then get nothing out of that. You know, don't don't waste that. So... Uh, that's just a little fear that I have. So yeah, hopefully that's um, the beginning of the movie and not the end. Right? Yeah, or or like the or like a climax part, mm-hmm. you know. 
Other thing I'm a little concerned about, but this is a teaser trailer. They're, it's a minute long. They were trying to show certain things. I totally get that. So this may have just been left out. But we have not had a great space battle in this entire movie. This is Star Wars. I mean, it is War in the Stars. We haven't gotten a good space battle. The one in TFA was pretty weak and pretty boring. There wasn't really any space battle. It was just a little tiny bit. The dialogue from the opening one is pretty funny in Last Jedi. That's about it, though. The, the opening scene in Last Jedi, the dialogue is kind of funny with him and... Uh, oh, I hated that. Oh, you didn't like that? Oh, it's like, oh, your mom jokes? Really? We're going that direction? It's this cheesy, you know? Of course, I guess that was kind of cheesy. I just liked how he did the... Acted like the radio was breaking up or like he couldn't hear anything that he said. You know? Yeah. Just, I kind of To me, it was, was like funny. that. that's where you go jokey. And it's like, no, they're supposed to be afraid of these people. It's supposed to be an intimidating but force. But it was jokey, but it was also confidence. Like, ah, uh, we're going to intimidate them, you know, because we have yeah. the upper hand. See, I, it would have worked for me as the first time he said he couldn't hear him say, open fire. You know, like, be menacing, not make they, – because they've got this, like, nationalistic type of group, but yet – they just seem to be just screaming all the time and being well, like. You and know. the other piece is, I think they're trying to make Poe kind of be that stand-in for Han Solo. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, the cocky and, fly boy. Yeah, and so they need him to pull that off in a couple of different ways. You know, yeah, throughout the movie. Yeah, I just didn't uh, that. You know, I I really dislike that. It was really bothered me. Well, in that's the, movie. the only one of the only things I did <laughs> like about <laughs> the movie. So I think the only thing I truly liked about the Last Jedi was the Porgs. I thought they were awesome. People hated them for some reason. I thought they were great. What did you think about Yoda? Uh, loved seeing Yoda. Loved seeing the puppet. Uh, completely useless uh, scene. Yeah. That was a pure nostalgia grab that meant nothing. There was no knowledge imparted. It was, you know, could have been a really cool conversation. Um I mean, I kind of liked the way you talked about how, like, the old books were real page turners. You know, that was kind of funny. But... I didn't like his attitude. Uh, Yoda was a super, super serious person all the time. The only time he was a goofy guy was when he was trying to trick Luke into not knowing who he was. And so it, it felt to me like they said that was just an, that was one of many times that I thought Rian Johnson's never seen Star Wars. He's seen YouTube highlights. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any idea what the characters actually are. Oh, somebody just got hurt running the base. Quad or a hammy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that looked bad. Um, all right, so that's that's the. Uh, the totality of the trailer. Yep. So um, just want to say these are the things I wrote down last night when I was just kind of thinking about it while I was watching it. Very emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time I felt that with these new films at all. Very emotional. Yeah. I yeah. felt felt teary feeling, you know. Drew didn't get there, but yeah. yeah, like I felt it in the gut, you know. Me too. Uh, a sense of wonderment. This talking, this, you know, prospecting and, and conjuring and and whatever you call it, you know, just this because I found like not only was I first off uh, hearing the music and seeing these scenes and I would start thinking, I wonder if they're doing this. I wonder if this might be happening. I wonder if this is where they're going to go. But then it went a whole nother step where I went back to that thing that I used to love to do with Star Wars and I haven't done for so long since these new movies have come out. And that was I used to just kind of think about what would be you know if I was going to make the movie, how would I do this part? And I would start making scenes in my head and how it should go and how it should sound and how it would be really cool looking. And I never expected to ever see anything anything like those in the actual movies when George was doing them either. 
I, it was just fun. It was fun to be creative. It was part of what made Star Wars so awesome. Yeah. And it's also Star Wars is a good friend for so many of our generation. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a really bad day or you're having a really bad month or a really mm-hmm. bad year. You know, hard times for a lot of us. It's a good way to get away. We turned to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And and that was one of the coolest parts was you could start being creative and thinking of an all, you know, this wondrous area, this wondrous world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a gift that George gave us and I, I I liked that I was feeling that way again. I hope we get to see a Gundark. <laughs> I want to see. I've a... seen an artist rendition of one, which I, whether or not it was sanctioned by Lucas, I don't know. But big, big ears, you know, and like little, little like like rat creep, not rats, see, but like my I want to see rabbits. Chewie pull an ear off a of Gundark. Absolutely, dude, just <laughs> rip them to shreds. Um, it feels very Star Wars. I think we already covered that. Yeah, I think that's the point I was trying to get across before we played it. Mm-hmm. Was just you know close your eyes and listen <laughs> to the music and listen to the dialogue. Right. And it just had that feel, man. It does. It yeah. has the feel. Yeah. So at least they got that part yeah. back. JJ did that well in Good TFA. Editing, yeah. He did it again here. It looks like uh, a major departure from what Ruin Johnson was doing. Um, I talked about the being the last in thought. Um, and personal Star Wars, so I already covered all that. Um, so what I didn't like, um, I think I've covered all. I've covered them all. The opening scene, the star lines as the Falcon comes out of hyperspace, and the no space battle scenes. Um, all of those are, I think, easy fixes or easily explained away kind of thing. Uh, just my first impression. I think How about we'll you? Get, I think we'll get an epic space battle, and the Falcon will be involved. So, yeah, I hope so. Don't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. I mean, that space battle in Rogue One was. Absolutely, in my mind, fantastic. It might be the best one in the whole, you know, all yeah. nine movies. I mean, it was very good in terms of it stayed very true to Lucas's style. Yeah. And but then we got to see the visuals that he couldn't pull off that you know he wished he could. Yeah. And uh, you know, I hope that they're true. I hope that Lucas really was consulted on this. I hope Lucas really is giving it direction. I hope that they he's kind of helped him with the themes and because. More than anything else, I really felt through this trailer like there was direction. And Star Wars has kind of been aimlessly wandering in these new films. And it doesn't look like that in this one. It looks like they have a plan. It's an opportunity for J.J.'s legacy, man. You know, Yeah, legacy's entire career. He knows that if he can make this work, uh, that he's going to have kind of a legend, you know, on his hands. And so I kind of have quiet optimism for the movie. And I think... I think he does need to kind of, you know, tie it up in a neat bow or whatever, it, how it, however it is you want to put it. Got to conclude it. It has to be concluded. Yes, it has to be concluded, and uh, you got to feel good when you walk away. You know. Yeah. Like what you know? Why did you know Leia and Han pass away? You know why did, you know why did they choose these? characters to make it why you know i don't know i just i just want to feel like when i walk away i don't really have any more burning questions you know i i honestly want to be like when i walked out of infinity war and i remember thinking not only did those two and a half hours go by in a blink so fast i didn't go to the bathroom i didn't even feel like i had to go to the bathroom i think i was so engrossed i don't think i even drank my soda because i was so sucked into that that's such a cliffhanger you can't have a cliffhanger with this movie. Well, but I mean, there wasn't really a huge cliffhanger in term, except for well, well, what comes next. But you know what I mean? Like they tied up in a nice, neat bow every movie that had come before it, 
everything came to a head at once. Everything came together seamlessly, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm hoping for. If he can just give us one, just if he could just knock this one out of the park, it'll solve a lot of problems. We can forget about all the other crap that's it'll happened. It'll solve a lot of problems. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll we'll stop all the hatred, the boycott. You know, just knock one out of the park, and. Then you can do whatever you want going forward. Right. Give us that one we've been waiting for. Give us our adult life Star Wars to to love. We've had our our you know infant years or toddler years, whatever you call it. Yep. We've had our young adult or teenage years. Now give us our adult one to remember. Yes. Because even with the prequels that weren't great, I can still watch Phantom Menace or Revenge of the Sith and enjoy them. Yep. They're not. I don't think they're great, but they certainly can enjoy them. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, Attack of the Clones is a little bit harder for me, but even that one I can watch. I can watch the beginning, <laughs> and I can watch the scene, uh, the clone planet. or the Old Camino. Yeah, I can watch that. And I love all the Genosis stuff before the Jedi show up. I like. I it's when the, it's when the Jedi show up, I think it kind of went down, down because it kind of got boring. Yeah. But then I, I liked, you know, and I liked Yoda's uh, getting to see Yoda fight. You know, I mean, it was a little... Yeah, the Yoda scene with Dooku, that yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that I remember when I saw the movie, that kind of saved a movie in the theater for me, was yeah. getting to see Yoda, Yoda kick some ass, fight. you know? Yeah. And I remember George, George saying, it could come off being really stupid, we got to be really careful. And I was like, you know what? It was a little goofy when you watch it in slow motion, because, or if you watch it with a lot of detail, because yeah. he didn't really fight him a whole lot. There wasn't a lot of actual just light. It was avoiding. just moving. Yeah. yeah. But that's really what the cool thing was, right? It's like shows you that with the force even this decrepit old thing can be lightning fast and maneuverable and stuff so yep anyway this has nothing to do with the trailer we're just kind of going off so i guess we should probably call things uh thank you so much if you did tune in to listen sure we talk all day about it right and i'm sure we will we'll have more episodes i'm sure talking about star wars um any last thoughts about the movie the trailer the saga and in a whole uh before we go well, again, I think my approach is just some quiet optimism, you know, hope for some closure, hope for some, you know, a big entertainment. How long is the movie? Do we know that yet? I don't believe that's been released. Because, boy, I it's going to have to I heard at one point they were talking to three hours, yeah. but then I think people also said, you don't want to do that three hours. people off. Yeah, people can't sit still for three hours. <laughs> two and a half is, you know, long enough. So right, that, I think two and a half is a max. But you also feel like they need at least two and a half to wrap everything up. Right. So, yeah, it's that'll be an interesting piece for me. Uh, I'm not big on the title. We didn't really cover that oh, a whole lot. We should before we go. Yeah, I'm not big on the title now. What do you think it means? Well, I have a feeling it's, you know, it's an allusion to why where we are where we are kind of thing, you know, and that after the movie, the title will make a lot more sense. That's uh, my hope, anyway. My thought is there's a chance that Rey is going to create a new Jedi Order, but because she's not a Jedi, she's going to be taught by Luke or whatever, the Force Ghost or however this happens, that she's going to create the Skywalker. And the the, the Skywalker legend is going to be the new Jedi. Mm. So you'll call, they'll call Jedi Skywalker going forward, or Skywalkers. Oh. And so, but maybe the, maybe the plural is the same as the singular, so that's why it's Skywalker. And it's like the rise oh, of that's Skywalker. An, that's an interesting theory. But here's my problem with it. Uh, so I don't Skywalker care what it means. is just a new term for a Jedi, basically. I thought that would be a cool idea. Yeah. 
But what why it bothers me, and this is going to seem probably odd to some people, but if you're a message board person, if you're a media person that you like to go on to message boards and uh, Star Wars Newsnet or wherever and discuss episodes and, 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 and Star Wars things, all Star Wars films are referred to either as a trilogy by the OT, the ST, or the PT, the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, or they are referred to by the acronym of their name. ATOC or AOTC, Attack of the Clones, TPM, The Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, ROTS, Revenge of the Sith, Rise of the Skywalker, ROTS. That's that was dumb. That is something that they someone they are not media savvy enough that they thought about. There's no longer are people going to be able to refer to it that way. And now people have to find another way to shorthand refer to the final film. Is it Rise of the Skywalker or Rise of Skywalker? Rise of the Skywalker, it is. isn't okay. it? Yeah. Jeez, I think so. No, I think you're right. But that's that that's my that's my problem with it. So it's not it's not a stylistic thing or anything. Well, but, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying the title's bad. No, but when you say it like that, Rise of the Skywalker, it does seem like they're referring to it in well, the plural. Well, unless it's plural. Unless it's the Rise of Skywalker. Well, then look it up real quick. <laughs> Maybe I don't even know what I'm talking about. I think it's the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I think it is the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, can I have some egg on my face here? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker. That's it. Yeah, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so T R O S. But it, no, it's not egg on your face because that could still work. Oh no, the Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, T R O S. The Revenge of the Sith. I thought it was Revenge of the Sith. R O T S. You're right. You're right. Oh, yep, egg on my face. So, I mean, just egg on your face and the fact that it's not the same as ROTS, but it's No, now you can say say T-R-O-S. But your theory about Skywalker being plural still could hold true. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Two different things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, never mind. So, I'm I'm wrong. Yeah, never mind. I'm glad you cleared that up because that really was bugging me. The rise of Skywalker. It's going to be two letters are going to be traversed. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Because it's Revenge of the Sith, so it's R-O-T-S. This is going to be T-R-O-S. Still, it could confuse some people, but... It could, but I think they did that on purpose, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. My apologies, my apologies to JJ and company that I was uh, jumping the gun there and and Yeah, so, I mean... At this point, it's not well explained, the title. So it seems like it's a little out of place. Yeah. You know? I, yeah, I don't worry about any of that. It's fine. You know, I mean, uh, until I know what the thing's referring to. Like, The Last Jedi, what the hell was that referring to? Luke. Luke was The Last Jedi? I mean, I yeah, dumb name. Well, then that holds even more theory to your th- you know, to what you're saying is that the Skywalker is kind of a new generation of Jedi. This is the rise of Skywalker. You know, this is end of the Jedi. Yeah, rise no, of Skywalker. Right. Yeah. And so then Jedi would make sense, right? The last end of Jedi. the Jedi warriors and yeah, rise of so the Skywalker warriors. There's a lot of things that could tie up a lot yeah. of already even some open questions. You know, with what's happening. Well, so. uh, and like I said, I will be plenty happy if it's an exciting 
adventurous movie with a with with respect to George Lucas's lore and mythology and ties things up at least relatively well. Yeah. That's plenty for me. If it can also retcon or make Ryan, John- Ryan Johnson's Afterbirth not seem as bad of a film because it was helping push things in a certain direction, then I'll consider J.J. to be legendary. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he could make Ryan just look like, oh, this movie was all about deception. Right. Know? And like, hey, we just we just did this. Hey, we really only to... had two movies, and this is just one we, waste yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> we did this to deceive you and just have fun with you. you and know? the whole thing was just to get her those books, you know. But didn't they destroy the books? Well, no, they, the, she took them. She, she took them out of that tree before Yoda destroyed it. Okay. And I think Yoda destroyed it, not because he was trying to destroy the books. He was trying to keep Luke from realizing she took them with her. Oh. But I guess I don't know that for sure. I think that's kind of a consensus online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that, that's you're always can get into trouble if, if you make assumptions uh, based on what online people are saying who don't actually no. <laughs> don't actually work on the right, films. Right. Oh, look at that! It's snowing. Oh, that was 2013. Snowing on opening day for the twins. Mm-hmm. Look at that! Oh my goodness. Yeah, snow's an interesting thing in a baseball game because it doesn't like make the field dangerous. It doesn't really make makes the plane surfaces dangerous. Makes catching a fly ball tough. Well, absolutely. Or a pop up, yeah. But what I'm saying is like it doesn't make it like da- the reason they stop the game is because of danger, right? That players can't. They're gonna like tear things. It's gonna have to snow a lot for that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have come out there. Well, I was going to say you can come out and clear the snow in between. but Okay, this has nothing to do with Star Wars, so we probably should call it a quits. Uh, anything else you wanted to throw out there? No. Well, great job with the title. I was glad you did that. Yeah. We we're going to forget to do that. Yeah, completely. that was important, I think. So, yeah. well, everyone, thank you so much for giving us about 90 minutes to uh, kind of gush over the new trailer for Star Wars, up our optimism for the new film. Remember to stay uh, cautiously optimistic. Stay guarded. Don't... Uh, Get your expectations to where they can't be met. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 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 never a good place to go. So, again, thank you so much for tuning into the Alien Offensive episode number nine, and we will be back to see you next time. Have a good evening. May the force be with you. Offensive out. <laughs> <laughs>